Welcome to the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, your weekly dose of accounting and tax tips specific to small business owners. You will be on your way to growing your business and paying the least amount in taxes as legally possible. Here's your host, Mike Jezoshek, CPA. Today, we're talking about married filing separately, and specifically, who should file married filing separately? Kind of what are the downsides of married filing separately? What's the process? What's the impact on state taxes? As well as going through a few examples. So today's topic, again, is going to be on those that are married filing separately or those that may want to choose to file separately. Now, I'm going to preface this entire conversation by saying that very rarely would we advise a client to do married filing separately. So the cases where married filing separately makes sense is little, but we do want to know and we want you to know when it does make sense, because you might fall into one of these categories and you are filing a joint return where it might make sense to look at married filing separately. So just remember that. Again, majority of the cases that we look at, you are much better off filing married, filing jointly than separately. But there are a few situations and that's what we want to talk about today. So the first one is why choose to file married filing separately? Or what are some of those situations, tax situations where married filing separately would make sense? The first one is a complete separation of tax liability. And so the example of this is, let's say you one of your spouse has got into some tax trouble and there is a tax debt that they're collecting on every year. Whatever refund you have, they're collecting on taking that refund and applying it to a tax debt. When you file separately, you're separating yourself from that spouse. So the spouse that doesn't have the tax debt doesn't get their refund necessarily taken away. Also, if you have a spouse that maybe is filing or doing some funny business with taxes that you don't believe is ethical or legal, filing separately can take you away from whatever your spouse might be doing. So that's one reason on why people file married file separately is a separation of tax liability. Again, specific case when this comes up is if somebody has a tax lien, some tax debt that they have going on or if they're doing some things that you don't believe are accurate or correct. The second one is high medical expense. If one spouse has significant medical expense, typically this is going to be a spouse that maybe has some type of chronic illness or or consistently high medical expenses, you might be able to get a larger deduction and larger itemized deduction by filing separately. Because when you file separately, the amount of income it drops for that separate person and that if that separate person happens to be the one with the high medical costs, they're able to deduct more in an itemized deduction than they would be if they were married filing jointly. The other one is related to this as well as is itemized deductions. So if one spouse has a large amount of itemized deductions, they might benefit from married filing separately. And the last one, and this is one that we actually see most often, is income-based student loan payments. So oftentimes when you have student loans, they base that student loan payment based on your income. And for those of you maybe that are working in the government or working in a school, something like that, where you're on a loan forgiveness program, this can be beneficial. And basically income-based student loans would be based on your income. That's going to determine the amount that you're going to pay in a student loan payment. And so if you're looking to lower that amount, person with the high student loans, and maybe they have a lower income by filing separately, they're going to base that student loan payment, that income-based student loan payment on that separate return instead of a joint return. So again, that is the scenario that we see most often pop up when people are looking at married filing separately. So again, what are some reasons? What are some cases on why would you ever want to file married filing separately? The biggest cases uh, or the, the four that we're going to talk about is separation of tax liability. If one spouse has a tax debt or tax lien on them and you're looking to kind of separate from that, or one spouse you believe is 
kind of doing things illegal or doing things that you're just unsure of and you want to be separated from that, you can file separately for those purposes. If one spouse has high medical costs or high itemized deductions and you want to take more advantage of those, you might look at filing separately. Or if you have student loans that are on an income-based plan and you want to lower that student loan payment, you could do filing separately because then that payment is going to be based on just that sole earner instead of a joint return. Now, those are kind of reasons on why some people would look to married filing separately. But let's talk about the downsides. What are some reasons why you would not want to? Or what are some downsides of filing separately? Income-based student loan payments. Because it might be beneficial for you when you look at those cases, but then when you think about the downsides, it kind of washes it out. So the first one is higher tax rates. Generally, tax rates are higher for those who file separately compared to those who file jointly. So this could uh, result in an overall higher tax liability, something you want to look at. You also are going to lose some tax benefits. So the main tax benefits that you are going to lose from filing separately is education tax credits, the child independent care tax credit, earned income tax credit, student loan interest deduction, and some retirement savings contribution credits. So let's dive into those a little bit more. Education tax credits. When you file separately, the American Opportunity Credit and the Lifetime Learning Credit are not available. If you file separately, the Child Independent Care Tax Credit is generally not going to be available. If you file separately, the Earned Income Tax Credit is not going to be available. If you file separately, student loan interest is not deductible. And then finally, for retirement savings contributions, the income limit for that credit is halved for those who file separately. So, you know, is filing separately, potentially higher tax rates, you lose some tax benefits, some tax credits that that might be available to you if you're filing jointly. There's also the potential for some double taxation. In community property states, those of you that live in a community property state, income and deductions may need to be split 50-50. And so this could potentially result into some double taxation on income as well as complexity. Again, if you're in a community property state and filing separately, it's going to require more time, potentially higher tax prep fees and things like that. Now, with all of these, you can always have your tax preparer run a scenario of both situations. So what is going to be your tax bill filing jointly? And then what is it going to be filing separately? And you can match those up. And if you're doing this for a student loan reason, you can look at, okay, we're going to pay a little bit more in tax here, but we save this amount in student loans. Does that spread make sense? So run some scenarios. Don't just go, oh, I'm an income-based student loan, so we need to file separately. Don't run and jump on that path immediately. Think about, okay, we might qualify for filing separately. Now let's evaluate and see if it actually makes sense. So the process of filing separately is is exactly that. You're filing two separate returns. So you and your spouse are going to need to complete your own tax returns. This requires kind of having that own tax filing, your own income, your own deductions, your own tax bills, all of that will be filed separately. And you also need to determine who's going to claim the dependence if you have an independence. So you're going to want to go through that plan. Now, it's also important to remember that if you're filing separately and one spouse chooses to take itemized deductions instead of the standard deduction, both spouses need to do that. So if one spouse does itemized deductions, the other does as well, which could provide a downfall as well. You also have to factor in the state taxes. Again, the the decision to file separately will also affect some things on the state side. So again, run those scenarios. This can get a little bit more complex. Have your accountant run it both on the federal level as well as the state level to see what that true impact is. And then once you know that impact, look at what the benefit is on the other side and see if it makes sense to kind of go through that. So to put a clear picture around this, I wanted to go through some examples of 
when filing separately might make sense. Again, we always want to analyze this, but here are some situations where it does make sense. Let's say um, John and Jane are married. John has a significant amount of student loan debt and is on an income-based repayment plan. Jane earns a lot more than John. And so by filing separately, John's monthly student loan payments are based only on his income, not their combined. So it's John is on an income-based repayment plan for a student loan. So because they chose to file separately, that student loan payment calculation is based on his income, not his and Jane's income. So that's an example of when it may make sense to look into married filing separately. Another example, Mary and Mark are married. Mary has high medical costs due to a chronic illness that she's been dealing with. By filing separately, Mary's adjusted gross income is lower, which then allows her to exceed the seven and a half threshold for deducting medical expenses. So she's able to now take medical deductions where maybe when they were combined, she wasn't able to exceed that seven and a half percent of AGI. So those high medical costs weren't being used at all for tax purposes. Now they might be. That's just one example. And finally, another one is you have Sarah and Sam who are married. Sam has a tax lien from unpaid taxes prior to them even being married. By filing separately, Sarah's going to protect her refund from getting attacked by the tax liens of Sam. So uh, Sam's going to file his return. Those any kind of refund or whatever might be associated with that is going to get put to the government against his tax liens or his tax debt, where Sarah on her return is not going to have to to worry about that. So those are some examples of of when it might make sense. Again, I want to recap kind of what we talked about here in And I also want to stress this, that most taxpayers we talk to are far better off filing jointly instead of separately. But there are some specific cases and very specific cases that we've come about where we're like, no, separately makes more sense to you. And so that's why we wanted to do this episode as we're leading into tax filing season here. We wanted to say, hey, if you're in one of these situations, at least think about separately. Again, most taxpayers we talk to filing jointly makes sense, but there are some unique situations where filing separately does provide a better benefit for the couple as a whole. And when you file separately, it doesn't mean that you're having marital issues or anything like that, which a lot of people think of. Filing separately, we just want to look at what is the tax benefit. Or if we're in fear of a spouse doing something crazy, we also want to kind of separate ourselves from that. So again, what are some reasons on why somebody would choose to file separately? A separation of tax liability. If one spouse has a tax debt, you're separating yourself from that tax debt. If one spouse is doing some funny business that you don't believe is correct, you're separating yourself from that potential liability or that, or that potential concern. If you have high medical costs, if one spouse has high medical costs by filing separately, you might be able to now drop your adjusted gross income, your AGI, which drops that threshold for where medical costs can be an itemized deduction. And you might open up the door for a larger deduction that way. And the same thing is with medical costs, itemized deductions. If one spouse has high itemized deductions separate from the other spouse, by filing separately, you're, ju- you're lowering that AGI, which might increase the amount of itemized deductions you might be able to take. Now, again, remember that if one spouse takes itemized deductions, the other spouse has to as well. And then finally, again, this is the biggest reason that we see uh, taxpayers that come to us, at least, choose to file separately. It's usually because of income-based student loan payments. So if you have student loan payments that are driven on your income by filing separately, you're cutting that income in half or or even more. So if you have one spouse that has income-based loan payments filing separately, those loan payments are now only going to be based on that one person's earnings, not both. And so again, that's the reason we see most people at least think about or look at filing separately. 
Some of the downsides of filing separately is the higher tax rates. Generally, tax rates are going to be higher for those that are filing separately, which is, again, the reason that this pushes us away from it more often than not. You also lose tax benefits. You lose some education tax credits. You lose the child independent care tax credit. You lose the earned income tax credit. You're no longer able to deduct student loan interest. You don't get a deduction for that. And so those are some things you want to look at, too, of saying, ah, does this make sense? And again, run a side-by-side comparison to make sure it makes sense. You also run into some complexity and potential double taxation, especially when you look at state issues. So if you're in a community property state, that's going to make your tax return more complex. Potentially have to split income and deductions 50-50, which could start to create some double taxation. So you want to be making sure that you're following that correctly. The process of filing separate is, is very simple. You're just filing essentially like you're single in a way. You both are filing your income and deductions on and own separate returns. This includes deductions, credits, income, all that you're filing completely separately. You're going to have to choose who's going to take any dependents if you have dependents. And then again, it's important to remember that if one spouse takes itemized deductions, the other spouse must do that as well. And you also want to factor in those state taxes and the impact on state taxes. Again, let's go through a quick example. John and Jane are married. John has a significant amount of student loan debt, and he is on an income-based repayment plan. Jane earns more than John, and so by filing separately, John's monthly student loan payment is lower because they're only factoring in John's payment instead of John and Jane's together. Again, that's where we see this most case working out, but we still want to run the numbers. Even if that scenario matches you perfectly, we want to still run the numbers to see if it makes sense for you. Another example is Mark and Mary are married. Mary has a high medical cost due to an illness that she has. And so by filing separately, her AGI is lower, which allows her to get into that 7.5% for itemized deductions for medical expenses. That's one way, one reason that you might want to look into that. Final example is Sarah and Sam are married. Sam has a tax lien on him, tax debt from before they were even married. And so by filing separately, it protects Sarah's refund from just automatically being applied towards Sam's prior tax debt. Again, those are some of the reasons why we might look at married filing separately. In some rare cases, it does make sense. But again, vast majority of people we work with, married filing jointly definitely provides a better benefit. But you do want to run that scenario, especially if one of these come into play. You want to run that scenario to say, hey, does it make sense? What is tax married filing jointly? What is taxed married filing separately? Sometimes your tax might be more for married filing separately, but your student loan payments are significantly less. And because of that, it might make sense for you. So run the scenarios if it makes sense for you. But again, I just want to stress, for most people we talk to, married filing jointly is the better route, but run the scenario. See if it makes sense for you. So hopefully this was helpful. I want to thank you for listening to another episode and I will see you next week. This has been another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review and share with other business owners. You can find previous episodes and more information at www.taxsavingspodcast.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.